You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So as we go through the third chapter of Beitzah, we begin with animals which are, they're trapped in our vivarium, in our pen or in our fish pond. And there's a question as to whether we can get them out and and uh, whether we can trap them and get them out and slaughter them and eat them on Yom Tov or not. So in other words, the animal is sitting there and there's a question as to whether we can we, we, we can slaughter it or not, whether it's prepared or not. And then the Mishnah is going to dive into questions of um, situations where our hand is forced, if you like, where we don't have control of the situation. And we're going to pick up in the third Mishnah with an animal which has a terminal illness. That means Behemamusukenet. In modern Hebrew, it might be translated as a dangerous animal, but it's musukenet is in the passive. It's a, it's an animal. It's a, it's a. I mean, it's a big animal. It's an ox or it's a cow that is in danger of its own death. It may die. And the Mishnah says, "Behema musukenet loli If an animal is about to die, we don't slaughter it. And of course. That's an economic disaster for the owner. So we're, we're on Yom Tov now. We're absolutely on Yom Tov. So if it is just about to die, then perhaps he can slaughter it and perhaps he can get kosher meat, which can be then eaten. But if it dies of its own accord, it's only, it's only, it, it has no use as human food. If it dies of its own accord, it's never going to be kosher food for humans. It's only going to be animal food. And if it's a big animal, well, that's a that's a that, that it's an enormous economic disaster, and it's very interesting. So, I mean, maybe the rabbis would let us slaughter it on Yom Tov. So, obviously, if we could eat it on Yom Tov, we could slaughter it and eat it on Yom Tov. But what if we don't need that amount of meat? Maybe we've already had lunch on Yom Tov, and we can see that this animal is going to die. Can we slaughter it without eating it? That's the question. And the Mishnah begins by saying, no, we can't slaughter an animal just because we need to kill it in order to have the meat, you know, stored. Eila imken, unless. Eila imken, yes, shahud bayom lechol mimenu kazait sali. We don't slaughter it unless there's time enough on that day to eat from it an olive's worth of roasted flesh. So we seem we seem to be saying, look, guys, we recognize there's an economic imperative to kill this animal. We can't actually eat all of the meat on Yom Tov. We don't need the meat on Yom Tov. But the rabbis are saying, look, as long as you've got the ability to roast a little bit of it, and roasting is the fastest way of preparing it because it doesn't require kind of salting and and uh, blood extraction. You can just put it straight on fire if you're roasting. If And we only need olive's bulk. It's a tiny quantity. So as long as you can eat a tiny amount of it on Yom Tov, we will give you a heta to kill the whole animal. That's the 
how the Mishnah opens. And Rabbi Akiva actually bends over backwards. He goes even further. Rabbi Akiva Omera Filu Chazayin Chai. Even an olive's worth of raw flesh. He doesn't even require that it's cooked. From the place where it's slaughtered, i.e. from a, you're going to cut it on his neck to slaughter it. If you can just cut out an olive's worth of raw meat and eat from there, it's okay. You can slaughter the whole animal on Yom Tov. If he slaughtered it in the field, and I don't know whether we're talking, it's not, the Mishnah is not clear whether we're talking about the animal that was about to die or some general animal. It's not quite clear. He slaughtered it in the field. He doesn't, we're not going to bring it in on a pole or on a, a mota, is that some kind of wheelbarrow, some kind of barrow. It's translated in Jastro as a barrow. A pole is a pole, obviously. It seems as though we don't want to carry it in using professional-looking equipment. Perhaps we don't want to give the impression that we're doing weekday work on Yom Tov. We're clearly carrying in more more meat than we need, right, for Yom Tov. We're not going to do it that way. But he can bring it in limb by limb in his hand. And interesting that the Mishnah is actually demanding that we do more work. It's more work to bring it in limb by limb because we're going to make multiple trips. But we're not giving the impression of doing weekday work on Yom Tov. And that seems to be more important. The, the atmosphere of Yom Tov seems at this point to be more important than, if you like, the quantity of carrying that we're going to do. What about other kind of difficult examples of, you know, d- dead or nearly dead animals? What about Bechor Shenafal Levor? A firstborn that fell into a pit. <laughs> the firstborn animal. Well, the firstborn animal is set aside to be holy. So normally we can't slaughter it. Now, we could slaughter it if it became blemished. Is it blemished? Well, <laughs> we, well is it blemished? Rabbi Yudah says, let and an expert go down and verify whether it's blemished or not. If it's got a blemish, he can bring it up and slaughter it. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says any animals whose blemish wasn't recognizable Mibod Yom, that means during the day, but it's the day before Yom Tov. It's not prepared. So we're going back to this question of Muktza. And remember, we said that a lot of the tractated Beitza is actually about Muktza. It's about whether stuff is prepared or not. Remember, we prepared the doves by going up to the dovecot and saying, I'm going to eat this dove. So is the firstborn ox that fell into the pit prepared let's have let's have a look at the rambam because he the rambam explains this very nicely there are other explanations of this mishnah by the way but the 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 rambams is the most elegant and just it's not the only one but it's the one i wanted to bring you today rabbi Rabbi yudah says one recognizes blemishes on the festival i.e that that um that ox has fallen into the pit. Maybe it's become blemished. 
while falling into the pit. Maybe it's already had a blemish before it fell into the pit. We're not quite clear as to what the situation is. But according to the Rambam, Rabbi Yudah says one recognizes blemishes on the festival, i.e. one is prepared to change the status of this ox by recognizing a blemish on the festival. So we're not, we're not if you like, creating something new, like laying, laying, laying an egg. But we are kind of, we're not creating something physical new, but we are creating a new status. Yeah, this ox, until we observed the blemish, we couldn't eat it. But when we can observe the blemish, we can eat it. So Rabbi Yudai is changing the status of the ox on Yom Tov. And Rabbi Shimon is saying, no, 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 no. Something whose blemish wasn't observed on the day before Yom Tov isn't prepared. It's muktzah. Rabbi Shimon essentially says, according to the Rambam, you can't recognize blemishes on a festival. You can't change the status of an object on a festival. It's a really interesting take on the whole idea of creation. I still remember, actually, the previous chief rabbi, Lord Sachs, saying, what is it that you can create with a word? What you can create with a word is a contract or an agreement. And Rabbi Shimon is saying, look, we, we can't create a new status by making an observation on Yom Tov. And then the Rambam concludes the halacha ke Rabbi Shimon. And the halacha goes according to Rabbi Shimon. What if this animal, what if this animal died? So again, we were talking about a whole, we're talking about a holy animal here. And the Rambam, I brought you the Rambam again on the source sheet because he makes clear. So we're talking about animals being dedicated to the temple. So, gosh, we got a problem. This animal's died. So we can't bring it on the or it's holy right so we can't feed it to the dogs but it's died so we can't offer it up on the altar either it's trafe so what are we going to do what are we going to do i guess if it was a weekday we'd burn it the, the only way of getting rid of if you like holy objects that have somehow become unfit is burning them but we're not going to burn it on yom tov that is the inverse it's the reverse of the change of status, which Rabbi Shimon forbids. Just as we don't, you know, we, we won't recognize the blemish on the uh, the firstborn ox to make it available to eat on Yom Tov. And we're not going to kind of, we're not going to take the holy animal out of the world by burning it. We're not going to effectively destroy it by burning it on Yom Tov. We're not going to change its state on Yom Tov. So what are we going to do? We're just going to leave it. And we're going to bring a story. It once happened, they asked Rabbi Tarfon concerning this and concerning Chala that had become defiled. Now, you can imagine actually a holy animal has died. Well, we can't use it. And chala that's become defiled, it's the same thing. It's become tamer. We can't give it to the kohen, right? It's a parallel situation. We've got a holy object that is unusable. 
Rory Tarfon, by the way, I think he was a priest, but he certainly, I think he was a priest, but he certainly remembered the temple when it was running. Rabbi Tarfon is of the crossover generation, the generation that went to Yavne, but he remembered the Beit Midrash. So he knows all about holy things as they were operated in practice. So, but he doesn't know the answer to this question. So he goes into the Beit Midrash and he asks, perfect, actually, paradigm for modern scientific theory today. If we don't know the answer to a question, we go to the university and we ask. And they gave him the answer. We do not move them from their places, i.e. we don't change the status of a holy object even if it's become unusable on Yom Tov. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.